the busier you get, actually the more time you need to spend with the Lord. Um, and we just get that so backwards. God's the first thing to go instead of the one thing that we treasure. You're listening to The Chopping Block, a weekly podcast from City Life Church where we have short, informal conversations about the Bible and the meaning it has for our lives. If you didn't get the chance to catch last week's sermon, I'd recommend going back and giving it a listen so that you can pick up with us where the sermon left off. Well, happy snow day, Pastor Andy Atkinson. We have our third snow day, I think, of the season. Second of the new year. Yep. You you were lamenting that you feel like you were lied to about the pastoral hey, search listen, team. I want a quick story. I know we have lots to discuss. <laughs> when when we came on a secret visit yes. to Wichita yes. in 2021, it was the week after the coldest, <laughs> I think, days, maybe on record, <laughs> in Wichita. There was like a polar vortex that came through. There was still snow on the ground. Yep. And I was assured when I asked, oh, this is not normal. This is not normal. We maybe get one snow a year. It's typically a light dusting. This is abnormal. Yeah. Can I just say that every year that I've lived here, it is snowed multiple times every season. <laughs> yeah. And it's cold, Brett. It's, re- I it's feel lied real to. cold this week. I feel like the search team and the elders lied to me. Okay. Well... I can receive that, but, you know, the Lord works in mysterious ways. And you're both. Yeah, he <laughs> he does work through deception, apparently. Well, we're glad you're here. It's going to be a cold week. Uh, and we're here on the chopping block to reflect on last week's sermon, which was uh, a great word from Luke 10 on the story of Mary and Martha. And, you know, every year it's been our practice for at least for the last few years to start the new year with a couple of sermons really geared at spiritual formation, spiritual disciplines, how how we grow, like the basics of prayer and the word. So just right off the bat, you know, why you know we're in a sermon series on Matthew. Why take a break and and preach this sermon from Luke ten on Mary and Martha to start the year? I think it's just good for me. It's good for my heart to do some reflection uh, and recalibration. And so I think it's it's something that I've done for a long time. Yeah. And I think it's it's something we've done since I've been here at City Life to just at the start of the new year kind of circle back to first things and recenter ourselves on Jesus and the way that we abide in Jesus. And so, you know, typically it's sermons around word and prayer yeah, um, cultivating a a prayer life and living not by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And um, so we took a little bit of a different angle this year with, especially with this story, uh, which is really just more about slowing down for loving union with Jesus, right? Intimacy with Jesus. Yeah, it's a great one. Really, just to regularly come back to and just reflect on where am I at? Where's my heart at? Am I living more like Mary right now, or am I distracted by many things like Martha? And there's a subtlety there, right? I mean, 
you can do a lot of activity in the vicinity of Jesus. Right. That's a good and, and actually not be experiencing intimacy with Jesus. I mm. think, you know, for us in ministry, Brett, but really for any believer who is faithfully attending worship and engaging in a city group and, you know, even maybe going through their quiet times and you can do a lot of act serving in the neighborhood or serving in a ministry. You can do a lot of activity and your heart actually not be abiding in Jesus. Yeah, that was a, that was a biting quote from the sermon. I think he said, um, we must not let serving in the name of Jesus eclipse spending time with Jesus. Simply put, serving Christ is no replacement for sitting at his feet. And I think everyone took a little bit of a deep breath when you said that mm-hmm. this Sunday. Because, I mean, you know, we said this in our city group on Sunday. It's just, it's easier, right? It's easier to do things than to be with Jesus. We, we actually, Rachel Biggs brought this out in our city group. Shout out to Rachel. Um, she kind of distilled this down to really the call of this text is to be rather than do. Right. Or to let your doing flow out of your being. And I think we get that order mixed up a lot. Um, yeah. You know, one of the things that we, we teased out in our group was that um, doing can actually be a way of keeping God at arm's length. Sure. Yeah. That there is a way of living our lives where it's like, if, well, if I'm doing the things, then I I can kind of check the box and feel like I'm okay and actually not let the spirit in to do his real work in my life. Yeah. And so doing activity in the vicinity of Jesus can be a way of stiff-arming Jesus. It can be a way of keeping God at arm's length and actually running from him. Yeah, it can be a way to hide. Right? Yeah. No, that's powerful, and it's convicting and everything in between. So let's just talk about the text for a minute and some of the some of the uh, key key points here that you made, and maybe just starting with kind of setting the context. This is a a large group that's been invited into Martha's home, which in itself is is pretty radical. That Martha's the homeowner; that she's the the mistress of the house, and High hospitality culture, ancient Near East, as you brought up. Um, And she is trying to get the house ready. She's trying to set the table, get the meal ready. She's got an important visitor coming. Everything she's doing makes sense. Complete sense. And is appropriate and acceptable. And then at some point you look over and you see little sister. I don't know if she's little sister. But Sister Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. And there's a tension immediately that comes to the text. I mean, my wife is a doer. She's incredible. I love her. And she's like, I want to defend Martha in this text. Mm. She's doing what she's supposed to be doing. What's right. Mary doing? Get up and do something, Mary. Right. But th- but Jesus is teaching us something about priorities, about what's most important, what's most necessary. Mm. And you have this you kind of brought out this reality that what Mary's doing is is intentional and it's also pretty radical. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, yeah. I mean, it was uncommon for a woman to find herself at the feet of a rabbi. Yeah. You know. Um, uh, literally, I read a commentary that said most rabbis thought it was a waste of time to teach a woman. Mm-hmm. 
And so the fact that Jesus not only allowed her to do so, but he, that he, it seems like blessed it. I mean, well, we, it doesn't seem like it. he does bless it because of his conversation that he later has with Martha. He blesses this. That's radical in itself. And, and, and Mary seems to pick up on the, the, the uniqueness of this situation, not mm-hmm. only because she's a woman who's been allowed to be taught by a rabbi, but um, she seems to be figuring out who this Jesus guy is. Yeah. And she's like, I'm not going to let the cultural expectations of the day inhibit this opportunity. Mm. And I think that's a word. I think it's a word for us. We can let all kinds of expectations right. encroach on missing time with Jesus. Um, and and, and the, the trick is their natural expectations, their normal expectations. Um, and it would be easy for us to, like Martha, justify living into those expectations, meanwhile missing out on the most important thing and the unique opportunity yeah. That's in front of us. Yeah. Um, nothing, nothing is more important than relationship with the God of the universe. Yeah. You brought up that idea of the privilege of discipleship. The privilege of discipleship is for all who sit at his feet, who come and sit at his feet. And yeah, just thinking on that and meditating on that idea of like how often is like the reality of the possibility the possibility of friendship with Jesus, union with him, communion with him, time with Jesus, just a, 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 a man, a uh, something we take for granted, something that we go, ah, it's really, I can do it anytime, right? right? Rather than like, oh my goodness, I get to wake up and spend time with the creator of the universe today, the savior of my soul. It is, it is, it's a heart posture, it's a mentality, um, that we often miss. Yeah. Because we wake up and we're immediately behind on time and racing to, to get a million things. That makes me think about um, a quote by Martin Luther who said one time, essentially, like, I'm so busy I need to spend an extra hour in prayer today. Yeah. You know, like, he kind of turns it on his head and he goes, like, the busier you get, actually the more time you need to spend with the Lord. Yeah. Um, and we just get that so backwards. God's the first thing to go instead of, the one thing that we treasure. Yeah. You're really rubbing off on me because I brought that quote up in city group on Sunday and that's hilarious, but, but you're right. I mean, what Mary's doing is countercultural, but also today, probably the most countercultural thing you could do is stop is cease and just be with Jesus for Mm -hmm. an hour. When the whole world is saying, like, do, 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 do. You've got more to do. And actually, this is how you find success. This is how you find the good life. I mean, Bye. guys, we, we have guys like Gary Vee who have, like, built a whole platform on the grind. Yeah. Like, they have, they have made it sacred, and they've called it blessed to just constantly be going. Mm-hmm. You know, build your platform, build your plan, you know. And, and we're embarrassed. We're embarrassed if we're not busy. I mean, Literally had a conversation right after the service with a guy, and he caught himself. I was like, how you been, man? And he, he was like, man, just, he said, I was about to say really busy. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like, right after the service. I mean, it's it's how we've been trained to talk because we don't want to be found being lazy, and that's where we've confused it. Yeah. 
Intimacy with Jesus, time with Jesus in the word, slowing down for prayer is not laziness. Yeah. Um, we've got to reprogram our brains because we're breathing in the cultural air. Yeah. Of do, 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 do. Fill every second with something. And and we don't know how to be. And, and that's why I think this text is such a corrective, is it's calling us to be with Jesus and telling us, that's actually the most important thing you could do for your life. Yeah. I mean, kind of going off that, you made the comment that I wonder how much of our busyness is the desire for approval dressed up to look like the desire to serve. <laughs> and, and again, our group chewed on that for a little bit in a painful way because I wish I could take credit for that. And I think that was John Bloom. Yeah. 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 But great quote. But you know, the reality is, what Martha's doing, again, there's not sinful things she's doing. Nope. The text says she's distracted by many things, and these are good things. These right. are, she's trying to serve other people. But we can subtly let that become about see me, like acknowledge me, affirm me, approve me. And, I, you know, I just wonder what that line is for us, like how we, how we find the line between, you know, the te- the, the, the the text before, the passage before, as you brought out, is the, the parable of the Good Samaritan. So we're obviously called to love and serve our neighbor. Mm. But it's such a subtle line for us to where it becomes. I think there are clues. I think there are clues in the text. I tried to bring them out. W- one, one line or just one, I think, diagnostic tool for us is, what do you believe your activity is doing in terms of your identity with Jesus. Because Martha seems to think that Jesus should approve her because of her hospitality. That she's actually looking to Jesus and saying, can't you see this situation? Can't you see that I'm doing more than Mary? And and underneath that is this question of, don't you love me more? Mm. Do you approve me? Don't you love me more? That's a great... Do you approve of me... For, for doing all of this. And so when our, when our doing becomes a way of earning God's love, we're lost. Yeah. We're lost. Um, one, the, the other thing that our city group actually talked about, and Casey Smith brought this out, and I thought it was really helpful, was just like being looks like the, the fruit of the Spirit. When you're abiding in Jesus... What's coming out of your life is the fruit of the Spirit. And I think it was Jeff Vinnerstelt several years ago who talked about this. This was actually really helpful for me. It's actually, it's one of the things that I think you can implement in a, in a moment if, if, if by the Spirit you can just break check long enough to pause. And, and he said, man, whenever, you know, you're in the middle of something, can you just pause and ask, what's the fruit coming out of my life in this moment? Because the fruit of the Spirit is love joy like martha's not loving her sister (laughs) there's not joy in this moment there's not peace in this moment there's not gentleness in this moment there's not kindness in this moment what's coming out of her life is stress anxiety frustration you know ridicule that's the fruit of the flesh yeah and if in a moment we can pause and go what's the fruit here is is the fruit of my serving love is Mm. the fruit of my serving peace am i you're probably abiding in Jesus. Yeah. You know, the spirits at work in you, that's healthy doing flowing out of being, right? But if what's coming out of your life is, man, nobody cares about this as much as I do. (laughs) 
How come I'm the only one that wakes up this early to do this? Yeah. I'm the only one in this house that, you know, when when those sorts of things start to come into your brain or out of your mouth, you're you're probably not abiding. Wow. Your doing is not flowing from being. Yeah, that's really good, man. That just that subtle thought of don't you love me more? <laughs> man, that hits home. Because we, we want that. And the immediate thought is we have to do something right. to receive that. That's what's so radical about grace, man. Yeah. Jesus is going, Martha, I don't love you any more or less. I love you. So come get in on this. And, and, then yeah. we'll, and then we'll eat. And the, and the cool thing is about the story, like Jesus is in complete control. Right. He owns the room. Yeah. And he owns our lives. And so he he can dictate the order of things and go, hey, make time for me. We'll figure this out. Yeah. The meal will get served. The drinks will get served. Everything's going to be fun. And we're like, no, 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 Jesus, there's a cultural custom I have to keep here. Man, that's good. So let's get really practical here as we kind of finish up. You, The call, the posture of a disciple is sitting at the feet of Jesus. You said the privilege of discipleship is for all who sit at his feet. For some of us, we might hear that language and go, man, that sounds really mystical. <laughs> Like, what does this even mean? How do I sit at this dude's feet and I can't even see right now? Like, right. So give us, for the person who's going, what, what does this look like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a phrase, it's a phrase that was used in the first century that pictured, you know, a, 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 a disciple and a rabbi. Yeah. So rabbis in the first century would actually, when they taught, they sat down. They would take what's called a, a rabbinical posture. Or you think about Jesus saying to the Pharisees, truly I tell you, you sit in Moses' seat. Mm. You sit in a seat of authority and you and you tell people what's true and right. Um, so that's that's the language here. So one thing is to sit at Jesus' feet is to acknowledge him as master. Mm. So Jesus, you're 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 the teacher here. I'm the learner. And so that's one thing. It's it's this it's a it's a posture of humility. It's it's a confession Jesus is Lord. Um but then I think there's a I think there's also something to like slowing down here. Yeah. To sit at his feet is to go, I'm not in a hurry. I'm I'm here to learn. And so really practically, what does it look like for you to say in your everyday life, Jesus is Lord? And I want to learn from him. Yeah. You know, so I'm going to create space and time to be his disciple. And to let him teach me. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a heart posture that can happen throughout the day. But I also think that there need to be these moments, these spaces that we're carving out. Where we're letting Jesus teach us through his word. Yeah. Yeah. And that's going to take as some of your reflective reflective questions or reflection questions in, in your sermon, you know, saying no to some things in order to say yes to time with Jesus. It's going to probably mean reprioritizing some things and situating your day and your calendar and your rhythms in such a way that, that he is central. We actually have these, these moments in the, in the gospels where individuals come to Jesus and they say, Jesus, I want to be your disciple. And Jesus says, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. What's he saying? 
saying, hey, there's a cost. Yeah. There's a cost to following me, you know, or Jesus, I want to follow you, but my uh, first I need to bury my father. You know, that was a way of saying my, my dad's on his deathbed. And and Jesus basically says, you got to follow me now, which sounds really radical. But I think what he's getting at is is what you're getting at, Brett. Like, there has to be a reprioritizing. Yeah. Jesus has to come first. And and he's he's essentially saying if you wait until later it'll never happen. Like what does it look like to say look like to say yes to Jesus now? Yeah. Well, what's the pastoral word for the person who feels like twenty twenty three was they were distracted by many things? And as Jesus' words, they were anxious and troubled about many things or worried about many things. And they feel anxious and chaotic and i don't even know what this looks like what's what's the word what's the invitation here at the end read matthew 6 i mean uh, seriously i'd go meditate on matthew 6 one, you know one thing that jesus wants to say is you don't have to be anxious mm. um, because i love you yeah and i i just think man if we really if we really believed and took jesus at his word that that he's a good he's a good rabbi he's a good master he's a good lord who loves us, he's going to care for us, he's going to meet our needs, um, that we'd slow down and, and and embrace the invitation being extended to us. Um, but I, I, I think just one thing I'd say is th- there, there can be some sense of, man, if I can just turn this corner, if I can just get these things in place, then I'll have more margin, then I'll have more bandwidth, I can kind of get my life in order. And I just think, man, you... You got to put the big blocks in first. And Jesus is the biggest block. He's the biggie on the eye chart. Man, prioritize him above all else. Yeah. Make him the thing. And then let your life take shape around that. Yeah. I mean, we have one hope for ourselves this year and for everyone listening. It's that we would focus on and enjoy the one necessary thing this year. The one necessary thing, which is Jesus. Life with him. Communion with him relationship with him that fills and and brings purpose and hope and joy to everything else in our lives and if you don't know how to do that like if you just like i don't i don't know how to i don't know how a we called it a quiet time when i was a kid if, you, if I, I don't know how to have a a time alone with god right then reach out to us yeah. reach out to us through through the podcast go to citylifechurch.org you can find a way to connect with us we would love to to help you get started and spending time with Jesus. Absolutely. Well, thanks for preaching this week. It was a good word for us. And may we all come and sit at the feet of Jesus this week. Hopefully at a fireplace. Yes. Because it's cold. <laughs> That's right. All right. Have a good week, everyone. See you. If you want to find out more about City Life Church or have any questions about the kinds of things we talked about today, You can head over to citylifechurch.org and fill out a digital connect card. We'd love to reach out and stay in touch with you. Thanks for listening.